If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Now, this is a passage in Scripture with regard to the Apostle Paul at the end of his third missionary journey. Um, he is headed toward Jerusalem with the gifts of the church. Uh, as he reaches uh, the coastline of Turkey, he calls for the elders at Ephesus and they meet him at Miletus and he says farewell to them. And so it is, it is a point uh, uh, not to dwell on the farewell, but to dwell on the points that the Apostle Paul makes with regard to what's important in the final analysis. And so uh, join with me in Scripture this morning and hear then the Word of God. And we begin with Acts uh, 20, verse 17 to the end of that chapter. It's a little bit long, but uh, we'll just deal with various verses in it. Now hear the Word of the Lord. Now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public from house to house, testifying to both Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I am going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from whom your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day, to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things I have shown you by working hard. In this way we must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he himself said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. 
And when he said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken. And they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. You can tell how precious and how personal it is then when you come to this passage. But I don't want to dwell on the emotion of it. I I love you and you know that. And and you love us. and, And I thank you for that. But what I am concerned about is how we deal with transitions. Transitions can come in all kinds of ways in our life, can it? Uh, we suffer some kind of loss, uh, a, a job that we enjoyed. Uh, we have to transition out of because of COVID or something of that nature. I don't know whether any of you struggle with some of those transitions or not, of how it all changed your life. Uh, sometimes we transition um, when someone dies among us that we love. Uh, we have to transition, don't we? Uh, we we miss Abe. <laughs> don't you wish he was here? But he's with the Lord. Rejoice. But we have to transition. And knowing that life is, is, is full of change, a part of God's grace in our life is, is that change that takes place in our life. And uh, I love the little verse uh, when it, where it says, Paul writes to the Philippians when he's at the end of his life and he's writing to that congregation and he tells them, he said, I, I just remember you in my prayers always knowing that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's our consolation that he will bring us through the even the ultimate transition into his presence. And my encouragement to you is stay the course uh, because you will go tra- through transition too. And it may not be retirement. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm a little scared of the future. I have, I, I, do you get used to a schedule? I, I get used to a schedule. And I'll tell you what, for the last 42 years in the church, I, I've gotten used to a schedule. And I don't know what I'm going to do in a couple of months. So, uh, Cheryl says that she'll take care of that. But I, I tell you, I tell you, I'm a little, I'm a little worried. <laughs> so you might, you might pray for me if I come back in a couple of years and ask you to take me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, we we cherish you and um, be mindful of transition. Transition is not a matter of just simply making making the adjustment. I believe that when transition comes in our life. Uh, we all the more have to be grounded in God's Word and principle. Don't you think that's true? I don't take change easy. I, I, matter of fact, some of the times that I struggle the most is when transition comes. And, and because I find that, that, that I'm more susceptible uh, to different ways and that type of things when those changes begin to occur. And so all the more reason we should think biblically especially in those times that that change comes in our life. Uh, be very alert when you go through the upheaval, when you go through the change, um, because that's the time that we need to really honor the Lord with our commitment to Him. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul does at the end of this third missionary journey as he calls for the elders at Ephesus. Uh, he had been a part of that church at Ephesus. He had worked there and uh, labored 
and watch the church come into existence at Ephesus. It was the capital at that time of Asia Minor, which we know now is Turkey. And uh, he had worked very hard and diligently in that church. And so he's headed back toward Jerusalem, and uh, he calls for the elders of Miletus. It's a, Miletus is about 30 miles south of Ephesus at the port of the Mediterranean. And so the ship comes in, the elders come, and he reports to them that he's headed uh, toward Jerusalem. And one of the things, first of all, that I was fascinated about this sense is that when the Apostle Paul speaks to them, uh, he speaks to them. Do you notice the sensitivity of the Spirit on the Apostle Paul when he speaks to the elders at Ephesus? And remember what he says? He said, the Spirit of God tells me that there will be difficulties and adjustments ahead of me uh, as, as I go back to Jerusalem. And he also says uh, to them, you, you won't see my face again after the, this departure, and which is an indication of exactly what happened is that he was arrested and eventually faces death by beheading in Rome. And so it's, it's a fascinating thing of, of this man's uh, sensitivity to God's working uh, in, in life. And I hope that you have that kind of walk with the Lord and that kind of closeness in the Spirit, that as you walk through daily experiences, that you will walk with the Lord and as you walk with the Lord, that in the midst of the transitions, that He will give you grace to know His will. That you will be able to say, the Holy Spirit is leading in this. And the Holy Spirit is with me. And I have this sense about His work that He has called me to. I just like that sensitivity of the Apostle Paul in relationship to the elders and about his life in general. I just love that closeness. I love that connection. And I love to hear it when he speaks of it to the elders at Ephesus. Well, again, uh, good transitions don't occur uh, just haphazardly. Good transitions occur when we are biblically sound. When we honor Christ who does not change. When we come to His Word for humble dependence and guidance. We pray for the leading of the Holy Spirit. We pray for the building of His church in the midst of transitions. Amen? We pray for God's hand to be at work among us, Lord, even in the transitions. Help us. And as you come to these verses, there are several things that I drew out of this passage. The Apostle Paul says to them um, in uh, verse 18b, he said, And when he came to him, uh, when they came to him, that is the elders at Miletus, He said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying to both Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that little section there is amazing to me because now the Apostle Paul recounts to them the importance of pastoral ministry. Did did you kind of sense that as you approached that passage? Paul says, well, when I came to you, I, I ministered in Christ and I did so humbly 
And and I I did not fail what to go from house to house, and I I did not uh, withhold from you anything that was profitable in the Word of God. And Paul talks about the importance of continuing pastoral ministry. The Apostle Paul uses himself as an example to the elders at Miletus so that they will know that pastoring the congregation from day to day and doing it in a practical way is essential. It is an essential principle that you continue the pastoral work that God has given you to do in the light of the transition. And uh, you know how we have preached that there is no member of the congregation of Christ's calling that is unimportant. You know that each one of you, God has given a gift. And I pray that all the more you will determine to exercise that spiritual gift in that which is lacking in the transition. You see, God calls you. I, my prayer is that God, in all of this transition to retirement, first of all, that you will pray for us. But second of all, I pray that God would use it in your life to heighten your spiritual gifts and your love for Him and your love for the church and that you will grow even closer to the Lord in the midst of the transition. That is my earnest prayer, that you will become ministers, not big, but you will become ministers, you know what I mean, that you will become ministers, that you will become pastors, that you will be gifted to teach and to come along in the body of Christ. Don't you see the critical element here is not about any of one of us because every one of us are in the midst of some sort of transition, aren't we? Are we not? All of us are in some sort of transition. The question is, are we going to be faithful in the midst of all that transition? And are we going to serve God with that which He has given us? And may God grant you grace. May He be with you and strengthen the gifts that He has given you to minister. I've longed for the life of the church to see more teachers in the church. I've longed to see uh, more ministry of mercy. And some of the deacons say, how in the world could it be greater? (laughs) But the Lord has blessed us, hasn't He? He's blessed us in that way of ministry of mercy. He's blessed us in so many ways. And my hope and prayer before the Lord is that He will intensify that among you in the midst of the transition and that you will grow in the grace, knowledge of the Lord and that you will find particularly where the Lord would have you in His body. And my encouragement to you this morning is if you've not been committed to Christ and His church and to pastoral ministry and mercy, I pray that God will use these things to bring you along, to engage instead of being aloof from God's work in the life of the church. I pray that He will He will use it as a as a means to exhort you to come along and be faithful to Him in the church. There are those who just kind of float out there and really never make a commitment to Christ in His church. And I pray that God would so work in our lives, to draw Him closer uh, to Himself, but also specifically uh, that we would pastorally, ministerially, in a caring, direct Christian way, serve Christ practically in the church. May the Lord be with you in that regard. He comes down to verse 27, and there is something else. In verse 26, he said... um, Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent 
of the blood of all. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Now that is uh, the next principle I see that Paul communicates to these elders. The Apostle Paul, it, I think it amazing that he says, I am innocent of the blood of all men. Boy, that's incredible, isn't it? To be able to say that. And why was he able to say that? I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Even in the midst of transition, that was, that was not a deterrent away from the Word of God. The Word of Christ. And I love it, especially the end. He says uh, in verse 21, I, I went from house to house testifying to both Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. The whole counsel of God. I did not fail to communicate with you the whole counsel of God. And I hope that ministry here has been characterized by that, that element. That we were a people of the Word. And, and that we were people in Scripture of whom the Lord worked in our lives and heightened our love for His Word. Thy Word, again, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Remember the sermon last Sunday about the scope of God's Word and that it's benefit in our lives? How precious is the Word of God? Stay the course. Stay where the Lord wants His church and His bride and His people to be. And that is in the Word of God. And may that be a characteristic of Fellowship Presbyterian Church now until the Lord comes. That we are known as a people who love the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we love His Word and desire it above all things in our life. And I am thankful for that. He, um, he declares the sufficiency of God's Word in this particular context. And he realizes that the deterrent, why should we maintain in God's Word? Because he, he, he says here I know, in verse 29, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among you, your own self, will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Remembering that for three years I did not cease night and day to admonish each one with tears. My, my dear friends, what was the deterrent against error? And are we not facing a world spiritually that is in deep trouble today? The very fundamental things of our existence and our life are being threatened today spiritually on every side. It's not just one turn, but my dear friends, the critical times in which you live now and why you must pay attention to what we're talking about here in this transition is that you must stay the course with the Lord Jesus Christ because we're living in perilous, perilous times spiritually. And the deterrent that God has given us against that is the Word of God. And the Apostle Paul warns the elders, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will rise up even from your own midst, teaching perverse things. And that's a warning to us. He tells them to be alert in the midst of the transition of my departure. Be alert and remember that I did not withhold the Word of God from you for those three years, uh, preserving you from error. And there are many errors um, that we see in our day and time. And my prayer is that you would so 
be in the Word of God that you would be able to discern. I love Peter. Pray that the God would give you discernment between good and evil. And I pray that that would be the case, especially in the day of influences that we're facing in our own culture today. May the Lord preserve you. and May the Lord keep you in the midst of that particular work. As we continue to look at this particular passage, we know that uh, the Apostle Paul declared by hard work. He says the example that he uh, says finally... And now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. The Apostle Paul ultimately commends the church at Ephesus and the elders of Ephesus to to God. He says, I I commend you to God's care. And and when we come down to all of this um, in each one of us, shouldn't that be our prayer? Shouldn't the ultimate sense, uh, well, well, Lonnie, change is coming into your life. life. We commend you to God. We, we, listen, God might not be through with you yet. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we commend you to God. Well, Paul says to the elders of Ephesus, I commend you ultimately and finally to God and to His care. And, and I just love the way um, it is expressed here in terms of His love for the body of Christ. And may God increase us during this time, uh, our prayer life. Um, If you don't think that the pulpit is that important, you probably won't pray. But if you believe that the ordinary means of the gospel is to be proclaimed through the Word of God unto salvation to those who hear, and you believe also that God's people are fed and grow in grace through the preaching and teaching of the Word of God, then you will pray, won't you? You will pray like you've never prayed before in terms of the condition and place of the church in the midst of transition. You will pray for God's will in the body of Christ, for the one who stands in this place that they be named a man of God and truly love the Lord and truly love His Word. But also I say this to you, who truly love the church, who loves His people from the heart. My dear friends, pray for that combination. A Spirit-filled minister of the Gospel who loves not only the Lord, but loves the church and sees His glory and desires it for the life of the church. Um, You have to be careful because your previous pastor will probably try to interject himself in many ways in terms of the calling of that man. So please be on the guard for that. Watch out. Just tell him to mind his own business. (laughs) And and that'll be okay. That'll be okay. Just know I'm concerned. (laughs) And uh, But my prayer is uh, for that end. That God would supply. Let let me, for, for those, go back. When... We were in the condition we were in 14 years ago. Was it difficult, the situation that we were in? Listen, we were were in dire circumstances. Um, Some of you didn't have a lot of hope, I think. Or at least were losing it. But can I ask you a question, not for personal, but did the Lord work? And did the Lord supply? 
Well, I tell you what, we were the recipients of that blessing. I want you to know that. <laughs> we, we were the recipients of that blessing. And I remember the, the day we went to Abe and Hazel's house and, uh, I enjoyed that. I could not believe that a house existed on the Blue Ridge Parkway of which I could go out on the patio and look across the valley. I couldn't believe that. I thought that was great. And uh, they were the first ones to welcome us into their home. And they received us in Christ. And they say the rest was history. Amen? Listen, uh, I love what the Lord said to Joshua. Do you remember what the Lord said to Joshua? Joshua... Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Amen? Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Be courageous and strong-hearted, for I am the Lord who is with you. And I just love that promise. And uh, my prayer earnestly is that it will even get better. (laughs) <laughs> that the Lord would cut away any spiritual dross that we have grown and that He would build us up all the more in the faith. And um, these things uh, the Apostle Paul expresses. And another element, I, I love it, it may be worth mentioning, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things I have shown you by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how He Himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I hope that we as pastor and family have been an example to you of hard work, that that which was lacking in the church, that we were willing to work. We were willing willing to honor the Lord with uh, with the extra effort that it took in order to grow His church. It was no small thing because it's a fascinating thing to me that in that very difficulty, if some of you think about it, in that very difficulty of uh, the weakness of the church, let me ask you, did God provide? Beyond what we could ever imagine or think. Pastor, why don't you come work with hospice? Now, I had nothing to do with that. (laughs) I was just having lunch, minding my own business, and the director said, we need a hospice chaplain. Did we see God work in Avery County in 14 years by the use of a ministry that helped supply the church and its ministry? Do you realize that I looked in the records last week that since we have worked with hospice, we have reached over 1,496 families. 1,496 families in 14 years. And I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm amazed at God's goodness. I'm amazed at how He works. And listen, it was for the good. Amen? It was for the good. It was a double portion, if if you might want to put it that way. But I tell you what, uh, sometimes good portions uh, are for the strong <laughs> and not for old people. <laughs> Double portions are, are for those who are able to endure. And my prayer is that God would all the more provide for the life of His church and that we would have a good, strong work ethic 
in the transition as people in His church. May God give you strength. May He give you determination and commitment. And if not in this church, wherever you are, may the Lord take you and you be committed to Christ in the church to see His glory at work. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much deep weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful, most of all because the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Isn't that incredible? The camaraderie of the Lord. That when the Lord uh, is finished with us on this journey... That we as God's people collectively, <laughs> we, we go and we accompany Paul to the ship. Um, change is sure to come in your life. One fashion or another, some change is going to come. It's going to be traumatic. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be different from anything that you've ever experienced. And I pray that you are so grounded in Christ that you're grounded in His Word, that you will be able to finish the course, even in light of the transitions. It's amazing, isn't it? There is coming one transition that you're going to have to face that may be difficult of all. And I've watched many a person take that step. And that step is from this life to the next. I hope that you are ready in Christ. I hope that you are trusting in Him as your Lord and Savior as He's offered in the Gospel. Because that transition will be the last one that you will take. May God grant us grace in the change. Amen? May the Lord in the ultimate sense be with us when the day comes. Lord, help me to uh, deal with this change. (laughs) Help me to see it for good, not for bad. Because we have that transition to make. May the Lord be with you. May He even guide you through the gates in which there will be no changing because there is no changing in Him. Things will be ultimately always for His glory there. and We will live in His presence for eternity. Don't you long for that day? I long for that day when the things that are temporal will pass and the things of His glory will be seen in our lives. Lord willing, we will see you in heaven. How about that? Will that be good enough? Yes, I'll be praying for you to that end. You pray for us in the same fashion. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank You for Your blessings in life. Lord, when we look back, uh, we have to admit that, Lord, in our humanness, we look and we saw the transitories of our life and how the changes came and we just didn't know how we were going to take the next step and just didn't know what we were going to do. Uh, But, Lord, as I look back, Your faithfulness, has been proved over and over again in our life. Morning by morning, new mercies I see 
All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness in all changes. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.